to Mentality. I'm Camera. And my name is Zach. And today we have the amazing Allie Eisman. She is a talented actress, writer, just everything that you can think within kind of an aspect of kick ass, basically. All she, the things. She does crazy <laughs> things. And I, get, I always run into her at every networking event I'm at. So I know that she's just as good of a networker as I am, which it really impresses me. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I've yeah. cloned myself three times. So that there I can we go. Be it's helpful. It's very wow, helpful. there's a lot of people on this podcast this time. <laughs> me and all of my personality. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and today we will be discussing death with dignity and TMS. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I wanted to start us off first talking about the tea that we're having, which I realize I haven't even had it yet. The anticipation. <laughs> yeah, is the anticipation. Me. Sitting here setting everything up and totally forgot that I had the tea sitting right in front of me. <laughs> so today we are drinking Nocturnal Notes. This has masala chai and blackberry and currant. It's black tea, cinnamon, ginger roots, all of that good stuff. This is, I think, one of Cameron's favorites. This is definitely yeah. one of the ones that you were like, we're, we should have this one today. Oh, Nocturnal Notes. It's a good good kind of conversation to talk about death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thematic. I oh, yeah. Uh-huh. We're right on theme do we, here. Do we toast? Is there a... We can totally toast. toast. Absolutely. Yeah. To... Choice. Cheers to, <laughs> <laughs> to talking and tea. <laughs> I wanted to oh, discuss first what death with dignity is. Sure. Yeah. Well, let me just give a little background first. So, um, as you said, I'm primarily an actor, writer, uh, producer, not a director. As oh. though everyone I seems almost, to always want to say well, that. I was about to say, I'm like, wait a second. All of the above. Yeah. I just want. I just think that you you can do anything. You, just, oh. you have that aspect about you where it's like, if I if I can do it. I will do it, and I will do it with just stellar Thank style. So. Thank you. That means a lot. I, something I, I love doing is working with directors, so I just leave it to them. I enjoy the the acting and writing component, but who knows, right? One day. You, you never know. Yeah. You never know. One of the series that I've been developing and just now starting to shop around is centered around two estranged sisters who are forced to reconcile and resuscitate their failing wedding planning business by turning it into the first assisted death planning business when their father becomes their first client. Mm. So it deals very thematically with elements of death with dignity, which is in California, which is where we are, where we became the fourth state to put this law into effect. And what it does is it gives people who have a six-month terminal prognosis the option to end their life with grace and dignity and on their own terms instead of letting whatever their ailment is sort of do what it does. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Which I think is a very powerful... Which very gives powerful. them no choice of what time that would be exactly. or how it would be. Exactly. And all the complex emotions therein and relationships and the, you know, financial element to it and all, all that. There's a lot of components here. And what I personally... S- supporting that law is is to me it comes down to it's your life it's your death it's your choice and i think a lot of people receive this pressure from family from loved ones from society really that this idea of ending your own life is selfish now of course i'm speaking very specifically about physician aided death in terminal cases and to me i've spent a lot which of is time when that physician basically yeah, like, he prescribes they yeah. cannot administer that's euthanasia yeah. which is still illegal um in the u.s very very specifically different <laughs> you yes. have to be able to administer yourself which is actually where a lot of gray area comes yeah. in the because more controversial aspects exactly, of it Absolutely. if you have alzheimer's als any of these debilitating degenerative diseases Mm -hmm. that won't be able to administer when they're six months approximately out from their end. Mm -hmm. 
they get kind of trapped in the the in-between. So it's a very complex issue that I just, I'm much more a fan of posing questions and getting people to discuss things rather than like, I can't say what's right or wrong. I just know my opinion, really. <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a supporter of the law, again, because I think it comes down to personal choice. Mm-hmm. And, the um, law of the choice to yeah, do it, right? Like yeah. most, um, oh shoot, I should have reviewed all of the numbers right before. I'm looking into the middle distance. That's okay. There's nothing there. <laughs> It'll project the visualizations. <laughs> yeah. There you go. But there's, uh, if I'm, if I'm recalling there. correctly, I want to say it's about one, it's either one in three or two in three people who receive the prescription and fill it, mm. but a very small percentage actually actually go through with it. Interesting. It's, there's, some, there's some sense of comfort by just having it and knowing you have knowing that you option. Have the choice if you yeah. Want to. Yeah. And so what I was sort of talking about before is this concept of selfishness where we're saying that this person who's received this diagnosis from two separate physicians, they have mm-hmm. to receive it from two separate physicians, be deemed of sound mind by a, a psychologist or a psychiatrist, and then fill the prescription themselves. They are going to die. Mm-hmm. And that is... In itself, <laughs> kind of controversial because it's... Yeah. We don't. We can't tell the future. No, no we can't. And you know yeah. what? There's always medical advances and things like that. But all we have is right now in this very moment. That's literally all that exists is this moment. The past mm. is the past, and the future hasn't happened yet. So, if they're in pain, and I can't speak for other people, but what I'm supporting is that choice. Mm-hmm. It's kind of similar with the pro-choice, pro-life yeah. kind of thing. It's it's two different arguments. It's yeah. two different conversations. Really, yeah. I'm not saying pro-abortion. I'm saying pro-choice. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the same kind of feeling to me with this that we're sitting here as the you know family members that are grieving and going through all this pain at the thought of losing somebody and we're saying it's selfish for them to end their life because they're just you know rather than making them live on in pain and all that just mm-hmm. to postpone my inevitable grief like what's what's actually selfish here yeah, it's like where, where's the actual yeah, yeah. So yeah it's, it's at again. the end of the day it's not your life it's it's exactly. theirs yeah exactly um so, of us get out alive so i mean really yeah. like i know i had this weird existential moment where i like looked in the mirror and i was like i wonder how I wonder. <laughs> oh god oh i know <laughs> i do not which is fascinating kind of, which is kind of which Peacefully. is kind of crazy to think about in relation to this conversation because because you could make that choice. Mm-hmm. You know, you could with mm-hmm. that, you know, with the death of dignity. It's like you could make that choice. You don't have to exactly. wait for that disease or something like that to yeah. make that decision for you. I wanted to ask how you got mm-hmm. into this. Yeah, it's such an interesting, interesting topic to yeah. decide to research and such. Which got, What got you along this track? Well, it's kind of the themes that we're talking about right now. And that's what's so powerful about what these sisters end up doing is founding this the first company of its kind helping people go out on their own terms celebrate life have you know whatever it is they want to do in their final moments alone with their family with their friends checking off bucket list items whatever it is they're here to help support so that you don't have to do it alone and it's a i think a beautiful thing and, and you know we have things like living funerals and things these days but this is like you know 2.0 <laughs> actually going to be passing on and there's a, a beautiful woman who who actually did this up in um up in i believe ohi her name is betsy and she gathered all of her friends and family for a long weekend um mm-hmm. rented a little villa and the only rule was no one gets to cry but Betsy. <laughs> and just, so, just her. Yeah, yeah. If you need to step away. Yeah. But but you don't you don't get to cry around Betsy. This is a celebration mm-hmm. of her life and your relationships and love and all that. And everyone you know had their moments with her and they played it's very music. Very Day of the Dead esque. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's very powerful. And at the end of the weekend, she yeah. took her dose and watched the sunset over the cliffs and passed away. 
Wow. You asked, I went on a very long tangent, but how this came about, let's see, rewind three and a half, not quite three and a half years ago, I had just started tinkering with the idea of like, maybe I should write after, you know, a lifetime of the universe screaming at me to write in every possible <laughs> okay, okay, way. Okay, I get it. I get <laughs> like, it. like I Stop literally, it. my English teacher in high school, Mrs. Wright. I'm not kidding. Um, (laughs) Perfect job, right? Pulled me aside in the hallway when we were, it was that time where you're you're choosing college, what are you going to major in, all that. She's like, you're going to, you're going to write, right? I'm like, well, Mrs. Wright, say that five times up. I don't know yet. Blah, blah, blah. Here's my excuses. (laughs) Yeah. She looked me dead in the eye and she's like, you're a writer. This is one example of many things. So I finally Uh leaned in and I... I love it. Fine universe. Okay. Um, no, I but get it. I, I get it. So I had started working with a couple friends. We wanted to just make something together and we were tossing around like what are subjects that we're passionate about? What is something that's affected all of our lives? This and that. And we settled on mental illness, depression, suicide. You know, it's something that a lot of artists, a lot of people really deal with. But I yeah. think artists have the ability to use it and are really open with it. I lo- that's what I love about the community out here is I feel like there's a lot of vocalness about these issues which I think is so key in us making any real progress. So we were batting around these ideas. We were going to, you know, maybe try and write a feature and this and that. And I had already produced a few things. So I was like, okay, what resources do we have? Like, uh, where can we shoot for free? And what, what is this? And they're like, Allie, take your producer hat off. What would you write about if you had no restrictions? And so we were kind of marinating on that. About a week later... At three in the clock in the morning, I sat bolt upright and this show came out of me and I had to just wow. write it down, um, all the details I could remember, and then I passed out again. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing you wrote it down. Some people yeah. don't. I have, I have to, whether it's on the notepad on my phone or a piece of paper, I, I tend to like writing with my hand when I'm kind of like working through an idea. Yeah. This came very personal to me and I'm very grateful for my friends helping me open up that channel really and it's become a show that's very much written in honor of and memory of my grandmother who didn't have that choice she was a the matriarch of our family if you will very strong personality very just of that generation and of that way of thinking of you know I don't have any cracks like I'm strong I lead and she was an inspiration to me in so many ways and I remember I had no idea she was even sick And I just got, I was visiting my mom in Maryland and I got a phone call from my dad. You need to come down to Florida. Grandma's dying. And I'm, I'm what? <laughs> I didn't know that she was. What's give happening? Me a little bit of uh, lead yeah, up like to that, I, please. Huh? Thank you. Give me some um, notes on that. Yeah. So I, you know, she had been battling two different kinds of uh, cancer, I believe, leukemia, and blanking on the other one. And she had just fought with everything she knew how to fight with, uh, you know, pretty traditional treatments, and the just the chemo and everything. I mean, like. My dad was telling me like the skin on her feet was like falling off. She when I by the time I got there, and this was this was right around my birthday. So okay, yeah. Um, There's a lot of uh, oh, that's interesting. There's a lot of familial death around my birthday. I'm just realizing. Yeah, my dad's dad died on my birthday two years before I was born. Uh, It's a very anyone want to hang out? Yeah, on my birthday. Yeah, good time. Good time. Hey. So yeah, so I got down there, and I by that time I didn't. Even I mean, she was a jaundiced skeleton, could barely speak. I, I I will never forget that image. And I spent the next nine days helping her pass on, feeding her ice cubes, just being next to her. And I know that who she was, that was the last thing that she wanted. But she yeah. she would want she would have wanted and obviously wanted to say goodbye to me and my sister and her son, my father, and but not that way. Yeah. But she didn't have a choice. The only option to let go was to come off all of the treatments get on hospice and 
eventually pass on. And I know how much that must have tortured her for us to see her that way. And I mean, I obviously am not affected or think anything less of her for that. But just knowing who she was, she should have had that choice at least. I don't know if she would have chosen it. I have no idea. I can't speak for her. But I know that I feel that she should have at least had that choice. So I'm, I'm very glad that California became the fourth state. There's now six I believe six states that have this in place. I'm hopeful that this conversation will continue and become on a more national, more national scale. And I'd like to help that with this show. And so we're taking it out. I mean, it's actually, so it ended up being my first feature that I wrote. So it's actually a 90 minute or 90 page script. Congratulations. That's really cool. That's that's amazing. I'm very proud of it. It's like I kept trying. This show has had, this is probably the seventh version I've tried to like tell this story. I couldn't quite figure out the way in. And it and it was because it needed this format. And so mm-hmm. it's we're in a really perfect time for it, too. I, I'm calling it a feature pilot. So it's absolutely a standalone project. And it would get the conversation started and still have that impact that I want it to have socially. Mm-hmm. But it's also the launching pad for the series. So it culminates, but it also leaves sort of an open door for what happens next for these sisters and what they're going to do with this new realization of what they're how they're able to be a service to people. And are they going to? be able to get along during this yeah. and, and all that. I mean, it's really, it's about two sisters, which, you know, as a sister, I have a lot of experience yeah. <laughs> and with the background of death with dignity and all the implications there. And, and it's great to have a serialized format because you can really go into all the complex components of it. Like yeah. what if you have Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. you know, what, what if you, you know, there's just so many what ifs that to have an episode every week or whatever it is to really examine it through a new client that they get and all that is just endless. No, the yeah. format that you're doing it through, you're kind of normalizing it in a way, making it understandable yeah. and digestible. That's kind of how I feel like it's a dark, dark comedy. comedy. Yeah. <laughs> the comedies are really great with that. Yeah. And I'm showing the heart in it, basically. It is interesting how many controversies there are around that because it's Mm -hmm. like obviously you want to make sure that people aren't being coerced into doing it or you know making sure that they're of the right sound mind to do it but then also at the same time making sure that anybody can do that do it if they want to Mm -hmm. which is it's hard to since we're not mind readers it's hard to uh to make sure that someone is is doing it their own right sound mind oh yeah yeah well here's the thing like Bad people exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there people will abuse this law. Absolutely. But should we prevent people who need this and want this from having the ability to? Just because there will always be people that abuse laws. Exactly. That has never not been an issue for anything. It's, of course, yeah. people are going to do what they want to do. People want to do it. They'll find a way around yeah. it. Well, and that's actually that brings up a good point of of why this law specifically is so important. Because, like I said, it's not suicide or assisted suicide, it's a physician-aided death or mm-hmm. physician-assisted death, depending on what you're looking at. And the difference legally is because when you commit suicide, if you have life insurance or whatever it is to take care of your family or dependents or whatever it is, it's wiped. You don't get to access you, it when what? you commit suicide because suicide's illegal. Ha, oh, ha, ha. Like the weirdest ironic joke. But that's why getting this law in place that deems this not suicide as completely separate, your life insurance still applies because you will be deemed to have died from whatever illness Mm -hmm. that you had, not taking your own life. So that's key because if you have any dependents, you're able to pass on the way you want to without screwing them or still taking care of them. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, also, if you're like secretly trying to do that on your own and you do it the wrong way or something goes wrong, that could be... 
Not good. Uh, yeah, that's it's funny because he laughed, but yeah, that is kind of a cruel joke of suicide being yeah. illegal. Yeah, it feels very capitalistic. For some yeah. reason, I did not know that. I <laughs> it has to do with afterlife stuff. After not, not afterlife. After it has to do with the afterlife, huh? Yeah, St. Peter's like, ha ha. <laughs> you go in the corner. Yeah. Um, Put no. on the dunce cap. <laughs> yeah. My God, that'd be adorable. <laughs> you mentioned the physician aided or assisted. That in itself is also controversial among physicians. Physicians mm-hmm. too, um, because I know a lot of physicians yeah. believe that that goes against their code, I, and they by no means are forced to be yeah. able to. You do not have to give this prescription if you do not believe in it. As a mm. physician, there is nothing saying that as a physician you must be available to do this. Absolutely not. It's a personal choice, personal practice, whatever <laughs> it is. You do need. You know, there's a there's a great website, deathwithdignity.org, I believe, um, has tons of resources for anyone interested in this. They were very helpful and connected me with a lot of um, people and places to to check out more info. Yeah, you, there's like a database basically of people that are sympathetic to this cause and will prescribe and pharmacies that will fill the prescription because also pharmacies don't have to fill the prescription. Yeah, it's yeah. funny because there's there's almost ways to opt out of it amongst every step. Yeah, you know, exactly. The pharmacy can opt exactly. out. The physician can opt out. Obviously, the patient can opt out. The hospital can. The city can. Mm-hmm. The state can. Oh, boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm hopping. I'm so hopping it's certainly it. not easy. You have mm-hmm. to kind of go through all of those hoops to get you know, one person all the way down the line yeah. to do that. And it's important to talk about that because it, I think people get this idea that like, oh, well, now I can just go down to the pharmacy and mm. fill a prescription and I'm out. And it's like, mm. well, that's not at all what that's like. I mean, first you have to move to a state that <laughs> recognizes it and become a resident, which means you have to live there for a certain amount of time if yep. you last that long. Yeah. So it's a very complex issue. It's very similar to how when we used to... <laughs> In the golden era of judgment and bias, um, which we're, I'm not we're sensing still kind of sarcasm. No, at all no, right I've now. never. Everything There's I no say is very there. serious. Back when when um, same sex marriage was a state by state issue rather than a federal one, and you you could get married. I actually, made a film about this called Wedlocked. Check it out. Yeah. It's, uh, it was ridiculous. Basically, if you wanted to marry your partner and you were of the same gender, you and you lived in a state that did not recognize same sex marriage, you could move to a state that did, but you would have to become a resident. So depending on the state you would need to live there for six months to a year then you could get married and then you could move back to your other state if you wanted however (laughs) here's the fun part if you wanted to not be married anymore and you live in a state that doesn't recognize your marriage you can't get divorced What? So yeah. Oh, sorry, I said that backwards. You you can go get married in any state that recognizes it and move back, but to get divorced, you have to be a resident. Sorry, yeah, I did that backwards. Wow. So you would have to move somewhere for six months to a year to become a resident, then file for divorce. Hey, hey, honey. um, So I know we're looking to get a divorce, (laughs) but do you want to move to California real quick? (laughs) And and here's assuming you know you don't have a job or like a social network or children or like anything that ties oh, you to where you've lived most of your life or what have you yeah it was pretty ridiculous That's and insane. when it when it comes to these residency laws and stuff it gets complicated which is why again you know i'm glad that this is but more and more states are becoming aware i'm talking yeah. about it and i'm hoping it will get to the federal level in the not too distant future and we can just you yeah. know i think people are just kind of scared of it it's just like of course. death and suicide it just sounds so Intense. Intense. Well, it's the one thing we are, have guaranteed in this life, and we never talk about it. No. No one well, wants to Western society about is terrified of death. Oh, my yeah. God. Like, it's yeah. this somehow, if we don't talk about it, it'll never come. And if I keep eating goji berries, yes. I will never so die. die. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, that's true. It's yeah. true. That's yeah. why that's it's all I eat. In fact, I'm, I'm vegan. I'm actually 170. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I only look 112. Wow. So. Yeah. <laughs> that's I only the way look yeah. yeah. Western society, just kind of in general, is kind of 
is terrified of yeah. death to the point where none of us talk about it. I mean, we we like to sweep a lot of things under the rug. It's not just what? death, you know. We sweep <laughs> death, <laughs> we sweep sex, we sweep mental illness, all of yeah, those things like, under the put rug. That under that thick rug over there. Yeah, that's that's that it. You don't always see how it. it works. In a lot best. of the ways, we're still <laughs> we're still in the 1950s with the white picket fence and everything's okay mm-hmm. kind of mentality. Yeah. Whereas you have a lot of other cultures that, um, like Dia de los Muertos, you mm-hmm. know, where they celebrate the dead. And here in America, you would Mourn. be hard-pressed to, to find somebody who wants to talk about death openly. Okay. <laughs> Ask anyone where their grandparents are. Yeah. Probably a home. Yeah. That's a very, very Western concept. Yeah. I travel a good bit, and it's like when you bring that subject up people in other parts of the world, they're just like, what do you mean they don't live with you? Like, what do you mean you don't take care of your parents? Like, I don't... That's what happens. Like you just put, you them, put away. them somewhere. Like yeah. who's with them? Like it's this, and that's assuming, of course, in this country that you can afford something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's such a a Western, like clinical, sanitized way of dealing with life. We're just gonna deny that aging happens, that we need oh, each yeah. other. We, we try so hard we, to like. like to avoid it all, we, yeah. we do everything that we can to just feel good and happy yeah. all the time. To not even to avoid emotion that is scary or not really mm-hmm. comfortable all the time when the only way to really find kind of true contentment is to be comfortable with your uncomfortable yeah. and vulnerability. Well, think about our colloquial greetings, like this society oh, yeah. is, a, how are you? Fine. Hey, uh, no one's you. actually asking yeah. how you are, generally yeah. speaking. Yeah. And if you actually go, you know, well, actually, they're like, whoa. Whoa, hey, that's a lot of information. Oh, no. I just oh, wanted sorry. to hear good. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was looking for. Well, and if your answer, I've noticed this, at least in LA, I've been here like 12 years now and it cracks me up and I'm still sort of navigating different ways to approach it. But like, if your answer to how are you is anything other than fucking fabulous. Sorry, can I curse? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you okay, can go. Cool. Totally curse. Yeah. Bleeping fabulous. Fracking fabulous. Um, people are like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, wow. I'm amazing. Like, yeah. That's normal here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Good vibes only. Yeah. It's like, wow, you know, actually, life is a lot more like complex and beautiful than that. Yeah. And feeling not amazing is okay. Mm-hmm. It really is. <laughs> I mean, that's definitely a, a big LA thing in mm-hmm. general is just wanting to always put out that idea that you are 100% okay all the time and yeah. like that hustle, that mm-hmm. LA hustle. I oh, mean, California yeah. in general has a lot of that as well, but I don't think you find that nearly as much in like the South anything mm-hmm. like that of, mm-hmm. of people being like I'm fine <laughs> no, <in the laughs> or I'm South, amazing like, have someone over for sweet tea sit on the porch you know yeah, exactly. you to talk about yeah. things back in my day well, there's also a lot of other stuff that's not so great about the South yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, pros and cons to everything <laughs> yeah Ugh. yeah I mean we're we're certainly a lot more um, individualized here yeah. in the, the west coast well that's the key there's like two sort of main types of societies individualist and communal and traveling like in for example Japan is a very communal society it's you know america you're special you're unique your path is your own mm-hmm. japan it's we're all building something we're all working towards something you're a part of a larger thing you know you there's pros and cons again to yeah. both absolutely which kind of ties a like to tie it back to the death with dignity that's it's very much kind of how we treat death as well is like okay well you are old going to kind of push you 
to that mm-hmm. home now, whereas in a lot of Eastern societies and such, or basically a lot of places other than America, mm-hmm. you know, you bring them into your home and you take care of them because mm-hmm. we're kind of all in this together, which like you said, there's pros and cons, but it's, I, I don't know, when you're, when you're at that point in your life, it would be really nice to know that you're not on your own. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think Definitely. it's hard also, I mean, we, we live in L.A. and that is the land of your career or your – has a time limit on it and that has a death option mm-hmm. to it if you don't stay young or if you don't accomplish million things by a certain age or something, mm-hmm. which can be even scarier. There's like multiple different kinds of death almost in mm-hmm. your life. Mm-hmm. Well, and while we're talking about, too, our, you know, our older generation, you want to talk about a, a subset of society that has rampant depression and suicidal tendencies and like no shit. Like you're, you've been put in a closet with a bunch of other elderly people, many of whom are very sick. And if you're not even sick, I mean, like the, the, the my my mother's mother was, had dementia for the last, oh gosh, I want to say five five years of her life. Never never progressed full blown Alzheimer's, but definitely like wasn't there kind of thing. And she was an extremely intelligent woman, and it was her her number one fear, of course, losing her mental faculty before her physical. I mean, that's that's my number one fear yeah. for sure too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, try not to spend too much time worrying about it. As my my partner likes to say, worrying about things is like, uh, oh, shoot, now I'm going to back it up. I need to write things Bring down. Bring them in. Oh, God. Um, worrying about things is like praying for them to happen, mm. <laughs> basically. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, it, it puts is. energy into it. Not that, yeah. like, it's your, f- I mean, it's just. Self-fulfilling prophecies. Yeah, almost, yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, and there's having, something to that. I was having a conversation recently about this with someone about how a lot of people with their worry, it's like, oh, no, we, we worry because we want, we want to know every possible bad outcome so it doesn't happen or so we're prepared mm-hmm. for it. If we think about it, it won't happen because then we've already made it up and mm-hmm. it can't go that way. Or if it does, at least I'm prepared and mm-hmm. I know what's ahead of me. We don't even think about visualizing the good, not just like mm-hmm. the hokey dokey positive, but the, the outcome that we want because we're so mm-hmm. afraid of it. Prepare Cameron, for did all you just possibilities. Call, <laughs> yeah, did you just call out one of our conversations? No, I'm kidding. No, no, this is a lot of side eye going on yeah, right now. I don't so know. Excuse me. <laughs> no, there's probably one we have, we've had two. It's just a, a yeah. constant, yeah. It's definitely a thing I do for sure is <laughs> constantly looking at every possibility that could ever possibly happen. But I always gloss over the ones that are the good possibilities. Mm, it's for interesting, sure. right? Yeah. But yeah, that's that's one of my number one fears is is dementia and such like that of, of losing that. Even worse because it's like you you may not even know that it's happening. Mm-hmm. And that's rough with the, the death of dignity where the weird line mm-hmm. if you – I haven't gotten there yet, mm-hmm. but you want that option, but you don't know if that's going to happen or not. Well, it's exactly like what happened to my my mother's mother is, she, I mean, until you like, cross over that line, you know what's happening to you until you don't anymore and then you're at peace for the most part she was perfectly content usually i mean of course everyone has bad days and she didn't remember certain things like and you learn to not sort of debate and just let things go although my mother's amazing the one thing she wouldn't let go is um my my grandmother would periodically think that my grandfather left her because he had passed away before her and they were married for approximately 375 years so give or take yeah they're vampires yeah all the berries um no but they they were do they i mean so devoted to each other and you know in the relationship that made them both very very happy and that was the one thing my mom wouldn't let go is no he didn't leave you he passed away before you did and that was you know she would stay with that until it it came through but sorry we're talking mm. about that that thing is when she got that diagnosis she was still with it mm. 
but knew that's the path she was going to take. But it you don't know how long that's going to take. So she wouldn't have been able to utilize yeah. death with dignity. She had to go through her biggest fear. Yep. And, and once you get there, you're not psychologically sound to be able to exactly. do that, to have that yeah. option. And that's scary that she knew that that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, that's you just got to find a way to become at peace with that. that that's that's really scary. She, and you don't really because your body mind makes you become at peace because you reach a point where you don't know what's happening to you. Oh, and so you God. just kind of pass over into that. And many people become very content and whatnot, but a lot of people become very fearful, mm-hmm. um, sort of like that community is split kind of down the middle that way where some people, if they don't know, like my grandmother was, I learned so much from her even during that time. She always assumed that everyone was there for the best possible reason. Everyone was there to serve each other. And she was always like her, literally her last words were thank you to her aide tucking her in that night. And then she just didn't wake up the next morning. Like I'm thankful that it was peaceful, but it says everything about her. But then there's people that fear the unknown and you know, who are you? I don't know you. And that's where you get the violent outbursts and things like that that Mm -hmm. happened. That luckily we didn't really, I think there was maybe one day something like that happened. Yeah, I'd like to think that I'd be the thank you option. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Visualize that. That'd yeah. I'll visualize that one. Yeah. Strangers are friendly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I, I find that just kind of fascinating that kind of going back to the selfishness option, uh, mm-hmm. not option, uh, <laughs> option. The, the optional selfish, yeah. selfishness. Get the option, yeah. <laughs> of people thinking that that's a selfish option mm. to take, mm-hmm. of believing that, you know, deciding that when to end your life, even though we didn't get a choice of when to start our life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of the only, it's kind of like the ultimate choice that you're able to make. And for someone to think that that's a selfish option is, is kind of, it's interesting to me. I think it comes yeah. from fear. It's like what yeah. you're saying. We all fear this thing. So whether it's reminding us of our own eventual demise and we're trying to avoid that or it, it's a lot easier. I always say anger is a mask emotion. It's not a root emotion like mm-hmm. fear, for example. Usually anger is coming from, fear and the trying to avoid whatever that that fear it's a lot easier to be angry at somebody and blame them than actually deal with what's going on oh, and yeah, how scared you are absolutely yeah. absolutely and isn't that a great gift to give somebody who's dying yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i just project all of my shit onto you yeah <laughs> i wanted to take us to tms yeah yeah nice segue yeah. Hold on, just Zach's hard stop really right in there. <laughs> He's the segue. Where, where is your segue, by the They're way? They're sitting there in the yeah. corner. Yeah. Can't you see it? It's coming in. Yeah. Do people even own segues anymore? I don't know. Is that I thing see still? like tours. No. I feel like I think, did, no. did we replace them with the birds? Bur- oh, yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah, with totally birds. different. Oh, Man, I want to see some segues on the streets where you can just pick them up like with your phone. Oh, my God. Like, so bulky. Can you imagine know, piles right? of segues? I could never. I never mastered the segue. I really... I don't think I ever never. rode a Segway. They're more talented. I don't know what it is. The whole tilt. It seems so easy, but I just ate shit every yeah. time. <laughs> lean too much, too much lean. Yeah. yeah speaking of Segways, TMS. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. <That's good. laughs> I like totally lost my train of thought. Um, what is, uh, what Tran- is that? <laughs> transcranial magnetic stimulation. Oh. Say that five times fast. Or RTMS, rapid transcranial magnetic stimulation um so it's a lot of big words which is why we use an acronym yes (laughs) but it's a really exciting new treatment well i should say new to the u.s approved by the fda in 2008 but not approved um, for treatment until i would like to say last year um it's been used in the uk for quite some time um to to treat um depression anxiety parkinson's 
Alzheimer's, like the list goes on and on and on. And what it is, is um, controlled magnetic bursts to the emotional or whatever cortex of your brain you're targeting. So your first appointment, they do like a brain imaging, like get a, basically making a map of your brain because everyone's a little bit different. And say you're getting treated for depression or anxiety, they're going to hone in on your emotional cortex. And, and basically it utilizes brain plasticity, which if you're not familiar with that, it's um, neuropathways, your, your patterns basically. And what we've discovered is that your brain is always able to build new patterns no matter how old you are. You can always create new neuropathways yes. using brain plasticity. It's very, very exciting and it takes approximately 30 days to build that so if you're going to have like a new habit it's why like you know diets yeah. are 30 days yeah. or yeah. treatment programs are 30 days because you're building this new pattern and the same thing with tms it's a approximately a 30-day treatment three-minute thing non-invasive and it's the only treatment that i've ever seen or heard of that is actually talking about depression and using the word remission at a very high rate Whoa. it's extremely exciting wow. and it's a little like i i don't even know i I've, i'm a high functioning depressive i was diagnosed when i was about 10 years old i live with it every day i've been med free most of my adult life i've had one period where I, I really needed some help to get my head above water for all the practices that I do have to really start working again. But I have a lot of things in my daily life that help me maintain more balance, you know, and, and stay med free because that's something I, I was heavily over medicated in my opinion as a, as a child, I have complete like blanks on years of my life. Oh um, and it's it was unfortunate and i've learned how to live with it oh and if you don't know high functioning depressive versus depressive or manic depressive high functioning just means like i was a straight a student mm -hmm. you would not have known anything was wrong i you know I've asked friends before because I always thought I was a very shy kid and they were like, you're the only one that thinks that. Like, we, you are <laughs> social and friendly yeah. and I'm like, okay. Do you know I, what the word shy means? <laughs> yeah, right? And it's like, oh, it's a totally different... Yeah. And I would get straight A's and I would go home and try and kill myself. I function in society no matter what's happening internally and it's one of the most dangerous forms because it's harder for friends and family to really gauge what's going on. Now it's something I really own and I talk about, like, like, you know, you guys said and why I'm here and love what you're doing is talking about it takes the power away. It helps us all help each other. Um, I'm not ashamed of it. It makes me who I am living with it and learning how to live with it and talk about it makes me who I am. And I'm proud of that. And it's a part of who I am. However, <laughs> the thought of being in remission, I don't even know how to process that because I literally don't know what it means to not have that in my yeah. way of thinking. So yeah. it's very exciting. I mean, the numbers are incredible. If, if you're someone who's responded to pharmaceuticals that have helped with, you know, like antidepressants and that kind of a thing, you have mm -hmm. an even higher chance of remission. But even wow. even if you don't have full remission, it improves dramatically. I mean, it's if, if you respond to the medication, you have like an 80% chance. And if you don't, it's still 50%. I mean, that's... It's, it's again, it's depression in remission. I've yeah. never, like, I don't it even understand. It's gone. Yeah, yeah like it's. <laughs> You've I, been cured. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, there's, um, and some people will have a recurrence, you know, 15 years later. Mm. So you get another treatment and like, yeah. and it's being wow. covered um, it's by a lot of insurance. Behavioral therapy 2.0. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I mean, all these therapies, again, every, every body is different and your mind body. I mean, I'm so frustrated with how mental illness is treated. Like it's somehow separate from physical illness. Like it's is not. your brain not physical? Is yeah. your heart not physical? I, I was unaware yeah. <laughs> that it was just existing 
interested in this yeah. metaphysical plane. Absolutely, it was. <laughs> it's, like, it's actually your inside of your skull is mm. just a blank yeah. void. Oh yeah, mine's um, glitter. It's not. Yeah, it's, it's nice. just glitter. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it has no physical component none, whatsoever. None yeah. at all. Yeah. It's the brain is a, to me. Yeah, it's it's, a you have you an up. organ that's not functioning. Yeah. The proper way. That's and it. People just don't people don't like things that they can't see or really logically deduce with things that they know. If they don't know it or can mm. can't understand it in a very simple way, it's like, well, if I don't have it or if I haven't seen it before. And there we go with fear. Yeah. yeah. I also think a lot of human society has also been raised to think that like you can over like because we have such mind high function matter. yeah mind yeah. over matter is the best yeah. way to say it thank you but yeah it's like you you can always like just think it away because yeah. it's your own Walk brain like why can't you yeah. you know Drink why can't water. you just yeah. not be sad yeah. you know and also like, like like I work out pretty much every day and that absolutely helps yeah there's definitely it does not cure it yeah. <laughs> but it, it helps yeah yeah I mean there's there's little tricks uh, certainly that I've picked up that have helped and I mean there's uh, studies that say that if you just smile you mm-hmm. trick your brain into thinking that you're happy. Oh, yeah, you really yeah. absolutely. So, you know, uh, walking around smiling, dive headfirst into work and not don't stop doing that. But that, I feel like that's more of a cover-up than anything <laughs> else. Well, I'm a workaholic. I've dealt with that as well. Yeah. yeah. Not always the best. Meditation has helped yeah. a lot. Um, talking about it for sure mm-hmm. has helped a lot. And being open yeah. about it because I think stuffing it into that closet no you, you know you've got to find what really works for you because exactly. medication isn't mm-hmm. for everyone and mm-hmm. we all need to have like our thing of it's either working out a little bit and having a space for yourself having alone time or maybe being knowing when you want to be with friends knowing when you want to go do an arts project or something to really work out your mind mm-hmm. yeah. we need to work out our minds absolutely I, yeah. Yeah. like every other part of our body although i'm fascinated to i actually haven't looked into this myself now i'm curious gun to right after <laughs> all the interesting things we've been finding about our brain basically being our or our stomach being a second brain. And to me, depression, at least my experience of it, it absolutely there's elements of the mind, but I'm heart sick when I'm really in about, like I don't love the things that I know intellectually that I love. I, mm-hmm. I can't feel the things that mm-hmm. I nu- usually feel. So I wonder like if any studies have been done as to the effects on the heart or if it's, if it's affecting the heart or if it's coming from the heart mm-hmm. as well, or like how that, I mean, it's all connected again, right? Yeah, you know? absolutely. I mean, I'm, I've definitely had, you know, depressive moments where, it's everything is just there's no like just devoid of emotions or you know things like this is a silly example but like pizza i love pizza depression is exactly like pizza yeah Yeah. and then i'll and then i'll (laughs) be like well i'm not really feeling any of that like i just kind of want to i guess go sleep I guess mm-hmm. it's kind of what I feel like doing is, sure. and I don't even feel like sleeping. I just feel like not existing for. Exactly. Yes. Have you ever so felt like you, you want to do nothing and you also mm-hmm. don't want to do nothing? Like I, yeah. I literally don't want anything right now, and I also don't want to do nothing. Like I, can't, yeah. I don't want. Really it's like you don't exist. fit in your skin. Yes. Yeah. I'm so glad you said it that way because I think I want to be really clear that the when I was younger and I did attempt um, to take my own life a number of times, I didn't want to die. Yeah. I just didn't want to live because mm-hmm. living was painful. Yeah. And just unbearable. Mm-hmm. And there's a big difference between wanting to die and just not wanting to live that way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a conversation that people need to be having. It's not just like, oh, this is so sad. Someone died by suicide. What um, did we not do as like, a society? We, we didn't like actually try to understand like, oh, what was the pain there? And it's like, no, like, oh, it's so bad. Like, don't do it, kids. Don't don't go down that road. It's like, wait, why don't we understand the emotional components mm-hmm. of what was going on in that person's life and why, how we can help support kids and and adults everyone in this kind of way to see how we can make living 
a little bit more enjoyable or at least having a way that we can understand this battle with what life really is. And not continuing to lie to each other that like only a few people, most of us will or have dealt with this or are dealing with it. We have a very isolated society in a lot of ways. Community is a huge component in the levels of depression and and suicide that exist in a culture. And that is a big one for us. I mean, we have become more isolated than ever before. Yeah, we we think that social media has helped with that, but it's it's just individualized us even more. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of a also a silly example or silly statistic, I guess. But the last few years have actually been the highest, like the most popular years for like board games and card games and stuff. But it's because people are craving that connection connection with like humans across the table from them. I can't replicate that. No, yeah. I don't care how good the CGI is. Yeah, you can't absolutely. replicate no, that. Your phone, you're never going to get the, the full satisfaction of texting someone or seeing someone on social media that you would having a conversation with them, playing a board game with them, than mm-hmm. playing a game on your phone with them or yeah. even... Yeah. I mean, it's something we're even seeing in, in my industry and in entertainment. And we're seeing these, you know, incredible advancements in in um, CGI and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, I mean, Jar Jar Binks was only the beginning. <laughs> and and it's a beautiful and thing. And how good of a beginning was that? I mean, that's a whole other show, my friend, <laughs> if we're going to go down that rabbit hole. But it's where they're, where they're replacing human actors. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's differences. There's, you know, motion capture and that sort of a thing, which is a really cool toy. Yeah. <laughs> but when you, and, and it comes in handy, you know, in, in moments. It's like, you know, the passing of General Leia. That was a wonderful way to to use. Yeah, Yeah. that was a wonderful or admiral. Oh, my God. General. Oh, my God. I'm so embarrassed right now. (laughs) (laughs) I've just lost a nerd badge. Yeah. Wow. 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 You guys, I'm going to go. So we're going to have a podcast here. Thank you. Oh, God. This is awkward. Um, But yeah, that's a beautiful way to utilize it in in her memory and her honor. But to have like entirely cgi like you cannot replicate the human experience yeah. that that's why we're craving these card games and this connection and all yeah. that stuff vr is not 3d like mm. life <laughs> like no. that's touching and smelling and like all the things yeah we we crave not just connection but authentic connection authentic mm. experiences so you know we have you know we want to know that there's a living breathing thing there that genuinely feel uh, you know mm-hmm. likes us and stuff cuz even with social media you see other real people but those are all just the facades that people are putting on that exactly. that they want the public yeah. to see and such which then just puts you down a downward spiral because you're like well their their life looks so awesome mm-hmm. well yeah cuz they're only putting out the good things you're, like they're not you're comparing everyone else's closing night performance mm-hmm. to your backstage. Yeah. You can't wow, that's a great do that. Yeah. That's so poetic. That's beautiful. Well, now I know why you're the writer. That's yeah. fine. I don't, I don't think I actually created that. That was, that was shared with me, but I'll own it. <laughs> no, but the I'll way, it, way you, you. you put it out was great. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. it's very, very true, and it's a hard thing to remember. And I think there's, like anything, there's pros and cons to, to anything that we have, and social media can be a great way to absolutely. connect. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, speak to people who you have questioned, like, whatever, but it absolutely It's a tool, a but side. it shouldn't yeah. be the only route of life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and like, it's fascinating to me that we're spending so much money and time and resources to replicate things that already exist. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, did you sure. see that movie? Like, nothing was actually real, but it looked so real. What? Yeah. Like, why yep. didn't you just shoot? Re- what? <laughs> like, oh, just be with people. It's and- funny because you. I think we're starting to, as a society, society kind of go back to wanting things that are a little bit more authentic. Like, you have these movies like the original Jurassic Park, which had virtually no CGI. Still holds up. And it still, yeah, holds, still up. holds up. Still and classic. then you go and you watch movies like one of my favorites, but you go back and watch like The Matrix. 
mm-hmm. and it is horrible CGI. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, as a story, as a story, amazing. it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because that's how I sell it now. It's like okay, just. It's 1999 level CGI. <laughs> Put yourself back there. Dear God, the the philosophy of that movie still holds but up. That's why I love, like some of my favorite films. I'm gonna date myself right now. Are like like oh my God, like the Labyrinth, oh, or yeah. like, like yeah. and and it is everything was practical yep. in that, and you can feel it. it. And I'm such a fan of practical effects. And oh my God, yeah, yep. like it's messy, and I love it. And it, it just it works so great. The, the babe babe with, with the, the power. What power? <laughs> oh, let's do this. Let's do. I know the whole. <laughs> you jumped on that immediately. <laughs> I think we all just want something that's authentic and feels real to us. Exactly. And I think even bringing it back to death with dignity, the people who want that process or want that option for life is because they don't feel like they're going to be able to have the authentic life mm-hmm. if they keep going on their process. And they've already lived what they know is life and going down the route of possibly Alzheimer's or ALS, where they're not going to be themselves and actually be able to experience life in really a living way that's mm-hmm. not that necessarily isn't for everyone and i get the viewpoint of like you never know what advances we're going to make and maybe they're going to you know in six months yeah, we yeah, could yeah. Cure it. Okay, who knows but they should have that choice for themselves yeah it's not and like they probably, should just make it in one day exactly no and it's and again most people who fill the prescription don't actually go through with it mm-hmm. but they have the option and that gives them some kind of peace well that's i was just at a, a doctor's appointment a few weeks ago and she asked me if i wanted to if if I needed some Xanax, because I was telling her about my anxiety and such. And I was like, I actually still have my prescription from quite a few years ago. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, you haven't used all of it? And I was like, mm-hmm. no, but I put it in my bag every single time mm-hmm. I go and I travel because it's really nice to know that mm-hmm. it's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't necessarily always need it and I haven't used it that often, but it's really nice to know it's there. Yeah, mm-hmm. Sometimes just having the option or knowing that placebo, even if it's a placebo, that it's kind of there is comforting. Well, and I think that's that's how Western medicine pharmaceuticals can be utilized well. I think we've become far too dependent. Mm-hmm. Like when I say I've been med-free most of my adult life, and I'm proud of that because for me that that works. And I and I I was over medicated as a child, so you know I have my history with that. But I think there's absolutely a place. Like I said, I took something for a little bit to get myself out of what was becoming a full-on mental breakdown, if I'm being honest. And it helped me come back. And then I got myself off of it and continued. And and now, you know, I've been med-free for years again. But if you need something like that, you know, for however long, but, but be really conscious of what you're doing. That's the other thing great about TMS too, is there's, it's non-invasive. There's not really side effects like that's like there's a lot of side effects with most pharmaceuticals yep. especially if you're taking them i mean we're you know the legal prescription level that's <laughs> it's all subjective really i mean it, having it in your pocket helps you awesome if you need to take it great but know what you're doing choose that be, be conscious aware and yes. be aware of your absolutely decisions. yeah because yeah, i know people who go on some antidepressants and they hate who they are when they're on it yeah you know like that's real explore other options yeah absolutely yeah. or there's people who drink when they're on kind these of things. medication and there's not just one avenue yeah and- Exactly. Mental health is not just a straight line. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're medical professionals. You're working with them. They're not inside your body. They don't know. You have to know what's going on. I think we're coming from a generation. Our parents 
grandparents, you know, they kind of came from this idea of you need an expert to tell you how to do everything. You need an expert to tell you how to eat, how to live, how to sleep, how to take care of your kids, you know, how to optimize this and that and this and that. And we still have elements of that, but we're now this generation and especially, you know, the next generation after us is so autonomous and like, no, I want to know what I'm doing. I want to make my most informed decision. And and I think that's amazing. Yeah. And yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll see less and less of that. What are the four states that you mentioned there are four? I have my phone because I didn't memorize them. That's like, okay. Where did it go? <laughs> no, uh, we took it. We took your Damn phone. Damn it. <laughs> oh Actually, where is it? Oh, wait. It's uh, well, Oregon, you know, because it's Oregon. They've had this for 400 years. Now, they were the first to put this into effect in 1999, I want to say. And then Washington State. And then I want to say Vermont. Okay. And then California. Yeah. If I'm recalling correctly. But again, uh, deathwithdignity.org will have so many resources on the, in the history of this. And mm-hmm. I, I've been researching for a very long time, but I have not memorized everything. Yeah, I believe yeah, it's, um, a... Well, the Internet is telling me it is California, Colorado, yeah, and not uh, Hawaii, one. Oregon, District of Columbia, Vermont, yeah. Washington. Washington have the death. Yeah, the Hawaii, D.C. And what yeah. was the other one after California? Uh, District of Columbia? Or no, no, yeah, D.C. D.C., Hawaii, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Oregon, Vermont, and Washington. Oh, okay, I guess yeah. that, yeah. that... They came after California. That good old uh, District of Columbia state. <laughs> <laughs> As someone from Maryland or Merlin, yeah. like the wizard, um, <laughs> there's a Columbia, Maryland. Yeah. So District of Columbia <laughs> would make sense that it's just Maryland is the capital of, but then it's fine. Well, you know, it's you know, fine, it's not like fine. there's a We're debate gonna... between Marylanders nah. and Virginianers. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. We'll split it. It's cool but it's maryland anyway how how more can we talk about and openly have a comfortable conversation do you think about death with dignity without making people scared of it how do you think like is the best way to start like opening that conversation more besides well i think for me it's not it's not limited to this topic it's Mm -hmm. just in general how do we create more discourse around around any topics but especially uncomfortable ones Mm Ask more questions instead of making statements and yeah. listen more than talk. Yeah. Because I think that's how, think about it. If somebody's like telling you what to think or feel or, or saying what's right or wrong, and that's an opinion, not a fact. Yeah. Facts are things like, I will die. <laughs> and whether that's a good I, fact yeah. to, to oh, yeah. walk away from. Whether right. I think you the way I die is right or wrong is my opinion. It is not a fact. And we're in this space where we've, we're confusing opinions for facts very, very often in very dangerous Truthiness. ways. <laughs> Truthiness, indeed. Colbert originally claimed that. Um, but yeah, I think, I think listening and asking questions is a really powerful way of exchanging um, and, and navigating these uncomfortable topics and realizing that it's okay to feel differently mm-hmm. than each yeah. other. You, I'm not here to prove. I'm, you well, know, if we all I thought the same, that'd be very boring. Yeah. And, well, the sad part is a lot of us do. <laughs> like a lot of it, you know, it's a, a lot of society tries to kind of Mold. molds with the rest because it's safer you know there's well, we're, strength we're built in that numbers. way biologically our yeah. cells i mean free radicals we try and get rid of them they create mm-hmm. cancer and that's a you know independent thought if yeah. you think about it on a yeah. social standpoint mm-hmm. like it makes sense that we're built that way mm-hmm. however we have this beautiful thing called free thought that a lot of animals don't have that we know of at least we can make choices outside of our instincts and the way that we're built and that's our superpower and i don't think we've been utilizing it that way yeah it's amazing because we do kind of have that you know that back and forth of being an animal in the animal kingdom and having these instincts of wanting to you know be a part of a school and be you know there's strength in numbers and packs and such like that and we're a communal kind of 
animal that craves, you know, community. And then we also have free thought. How that, do we balance it yeah, all? Hence, you know, all these issues that yeah. we go <laughs> through. <laughs> this is why we Constant have our And then battle. we can end the podcast now. <laughs> yeah. we did, that is, uh, we just ended the, uh, proved our thesis. Yep. There it is. Mm. We have gone back to the beginning point <laughs> of our, oh, well, we, communal versus individualism yeah well and i actually do really quick also want to address your question again in another way how do we not just talk about it but how do we how do we support each other and i think there's these beautiful efforts going around you know because suicide is really not not the number one but way up there as far as death for men because you know societally we don't definitely have, think it's top five yeah it's it's really really up there because for as many problems as we have societally with talking about this men have even less like women are expected to talk about their feelings mm-hmm. and have these you know book clubs oh, yeah, and whatever else we do. yeah i mean this is a very i'm very no, it's active great. In the it's, very, it's very important but, but yes but but men yeah. you just you man up like yeah. that the toxic masculinity it's a huge huge problem so in so it's many interesting ways you bring that up because that's something me and camera talk about a lot actually with this podcast is we're trying to get more men on the podcast because you know we don't want to give that we don't want to perpetuate that idea that only women women can talk about their feelings yeah (laughs) you know we're we're actively trying to seek out more men because it's like we all have emotions we can all have mental health it's in it's in the mental it's men Men tall and it also yeah it's it's also it's all your fault is what we're saying um and it's yeah it's important to hear someone like you talk about those things Mm-hmm. as yeah. well you know which is why and it's it's unfortunate because you know we're, we're trying on our end to actively not perpetuate that idea that mm-hmm. only women can talk about their but feelings women, only women have really these problems the um, well, I think it's reaching out it, it yeah. kind of goes with where yeah. I was going with this is there's there's these great movements that are happening trying to engage people talk about it you know if you need help reach out well here's the thing I know for me at least when I'm experiencing a real bout of depression I need help Mm-hmm. I can't reach out. I don't want to reach out. I don't want to be a burden. I'm ashamed of myself. I don't have the energy to reach out. Whatever it is, like that's the effect of the illness. So I want the onus to be on society or, you know, even me when I'm not having an experience. If I'm noticing somebody else showing signs or I'm not, I'm concerned. Hey, man, how you doing? Like, what's up? I want to sit down. Like, I'm, I'm worried about you and here's why. Because yeah. also, hey, how you doing? I'm fine. Isn't going to cut it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, you can't like, just ask, I'm how concerned. are you doing? Here are the reasons why I'm concerned. I want you to talk to me. Reach out to the people you're concerned about. Yeah. Don't wait for them to call you because it might be too late. Yeah. That's and, and they probably won't. Yeah. And they probably won't. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, and before we, we close, where can people learn more about them? Um, you were talking about TMF? TMS, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not a medical professional. I'm, I'm a soon to be client and I'm yeah. very excited. Yeah. Um, and I'll report back, you yeah. know, what happens. But um, I mean, yeah, at this point, there's there's a number of, now now that it's been approved um, in the US, there's a number of facilities all over the country that are able to um, help you get that treatment. So just search trans. People are really seeing remission. That's yeah. Like it's, the numbers are nuts. Um, I'm very excited and also <laughs> still like, what? <laughs> just, I mean, Google. <laughs> T. TMS, transcranial magnetic stimulation, Gosh, and so RTMS, rap, rapid transcranial. <laughs> so fancy. It's like, You'll probably have a better time just Googling TMS. TMS is fine. He has a lot of syllables. Yes. A lot of words. Yes. And then you mentioned deathwithdignity.org, right? And to find out more information for that, where can people find you? And when is. 
when is your pro? What, what are you doing with your project? When when yeah. is that? What is kind of the process right now with that? Um, well, right now I have an upcoming meeting with my literary agent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we're going to discuss that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I've, I was developing with a production company. So right now it's like the the draft is solid. I'm really happy with it. There's some mm-hmm. tweaks I want to make. Course. You know, I've, I've sent it to a few mentors for some notes, mm-hmm. and so far it's it's been amazing. And there's a lot of support behind it, which is awesome but it's a matter of getting it into the market and getting it into the right people and getting it funded and it's a, it's a long journey ahead yes. yeah. <laughs> but i'm very excited to, to make it happen whether it's just a feature and that's you know how we get to talk about this or if it does really well we get to do a series after that i mean i'm open awesome. to all the things <laughs> i think it's a really important conversation and i think as creators that are making entertainment and media we have a huge impact on yeah. society and mm-hmm. globally really yeah. so i definitely and there's so many i mean avenues and angles to talk about this because the, the the lead characters are specifically of Southeast Asian background but grew up in America because I really want to have that those juxtaposed yeah. ways of handling death really mm-hmm. dealt with. Oh, yeah. that's great. And what's it called? Um, it's called Rite of Passage. R-I-G-H-T. Rite nice. of wonderful. Passage. Well, I, I can't wait to see this made in whatever mm, yeah. form because I Thank think you. what you're doing is wonderful as a person who's who's working on doing something similar within kind of breaking down mental health within comedy. I think that you. you're doing great work and yeah. it's going to be a, a piece that I people mean, will want to see. You're dealing with death and these heavy topics. Yeah. You've got to be able to you find the laugh. humor. You've like, got to laugh. It's, it's so the only thing people process, first process yeah. thing. I think that's why I'm a comedy writer and actor is I've experienced really dark. I mean, we all do, but like that's the only way I have found to move forward is to find the humor in it. Like you've got find to. Find the positivity in yeah. such which is like essentially like the ultimate negative. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, tr- true comedy is tragedy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, but you asked how can people find me or the project? Yeah. Or oh, yeah. Or, the, yeah or, I was just wanted to know where where yeah. the state, what stage it was in, and oh, yeah. one one day where we can see it. Oh, That'll believe be... me, you'll you'll hear. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for that. But yeah, how can we find you? What are any oh, other sure. projects that you want to kind of throw out that people could go check out or sure. other things you're working um, on? Well, how you can find me? I'm always on the move, so good luck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I'm pretty easy to find. Just my name.com, Ali Eisman, or at Ali Eisman on Twitter, Instagram, and then on Facebook, it's official Ali Eisman. And I'm assuming they'll be somehow written. Um, my yes. name so people yes. know how to spell that. No, <laughs> not at all. Not, yeah. Yes. <laughs> we, we, we write in Morse code. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you can see my previous work um, and upcoming work on my website. Um, I just had an episode of NCIS Los Angeles that That's aired. Amazing. That was super fun. And got a gender parody comedy series I created called Flip the Script that I worked on with women in film, getting the first four episodes it's out. So imp- That's just so impressive that you you were one of the ones chosen. It's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, how can they find you, Cameron? Uh, yeah. You can find me on Instagram once in a while at Camouflage. What? No. <laughs> Sorry, um, go ahead. <laughs> she's been known to frequent Instagram. <laughs> I I frequent the world more than I do my phone if I can. Yeah. That's C A M A R A F L A G E, and my website's Cameron.com. My last name is spelled R A U E N. Yeah. That's that's me for now. We'll, we'll have other places later. And you can catch me on Instagram all the time, not once in a while. Wow. Pretty much always there. Uh, speaking of social media, at EPSEC, E-P-S-E-C-H, and then you can find the podcast at Mentality Talk or mentalitytalk uh, at gmail.com. Please email us. We want to hear your thoughts yeah. and opinions, especially on TMS and Death with Dignity. If you have um, any questions for Allie, we will send them 
her way. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, especially if you have a picture of a corgi, I'm a sucker for yeah. yes, it. Please was, send us the corgi. It was a uh, corgi beach day. Yesterday. I know, and I was really, I was spiritually there, but I felt like, <laughs> like it's equivalent to going to a playground if you don't have any kids. Like it's weird. <laughs> yeah, because just going like, home. Like, like, can I yeah, can hang I, out like, with your corgi? Cuddle with your dog. Yeah, Where's yours? Cool. I don't have one. I don't have one. <laughs> 